With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the oh. sports betting network. Woo! You made it Friday. Well, the big guy made it. We say hi. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. <laughs> Dustin Sweetelson, Amal Shaw. This is Sharp Money. It is VSIN, the sports betting network. Oops, hold on one second. Getting a text from our boss, John Goulet. Could you remind Dustin to pick up my dry cleaning on the way home? Okay, that's for you, Dustin. <laughs> He's telling you got more. You got more things to do. You saved the day, though. Good job by the big guy hosting the show that precedes Sharp Money. I looked on. I came and set up my equipment before the show started, and I turned it on. Imagine my dismay or my surprise. I saw Dustin Sweetelson sitting up there on the desk and Hawaiian shirt like Andy Reed coaching in the preseason, but you look good. Speaking of the preseason had two last night, CJ Stroud. will get into him. Just a couple of series did not look good. Was pressured nonstop. You've got six games tonight in the pre week one for most teams, including a bit of a civil war on the show as Dustin's giants take on my lions roar. Let's say hi to the boys. Also, we've got four teams. Remember a theme, sharp money in college football, the betting guide, vcin.com slash Subscribe. We're taking four teams every day and we're theming it out today. The four teams first year head coaches. So you've got Arizona state, a little crossover with Purdue and Louisville and some tragedy with Mississippi state. But yet those are all uh, four teams with first year head coaches in college football. Let's say hello. First to Amal Shaw. Amal, how are we feeling? Feeling good. I thought uh, he was doing an infomercial for Hawaiian airlines. When I walked in, got his Hawaiian shirt on. He's sitting there at the desk. I was like, Hey, he was, uh, he looked good. He was very colorful as we say hi to the producer of this program. Uh, Dustin Sweetelson, how you feeling? I feel like Shane Halter, you know, one, one day I'm playing first base. Next day I'm playing center field. Next day, right field. You need me to pitch in mop up duty. And that's essentially what that was for an hour on best bets. That was me pitching in mop up duty. Well, Ben Wilson said, who's on first. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he said, who's on the schedule is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Great job by Dustin. Uh, as we bring you a three hour tour here on sharp money, a couple of things just to kind of start. I do want to get into them all. I don't know if you saw, uh, I want to get your take on what you saw from your 
your Buckeye, your fellow Buckeye and CJ Stroud yesterday. Not a ton to go by. Chip Patterson's going to join us coming up in 28 minutes. He does a great job with college football on CBS. JT O'Sullivan, former NFL quarterback. He's a film analyst. We'll talk to JT coming up. Buck Bellew is a former uh, Georgia quarterback, 680 the fan. We're going to go into a team that I know Amal, you're high on. We should be high on them. They're back-to-back champs in college football. And then Mike Samich makes his triumphant return. He missed last week because of the popped Achilles, but Samich is back. So why don't we start here? It was a win for the Texans, uh, but overall, did you get a feel for C.J. Stroud in his first action as a pro? Not really. Uh, remember, they had three starters out uh, in terms of the offensive line. Stroud made a throw. He was late. On, he was two for four with an INT. I don't know if there was much to go on there. I'll tell you one thing, though. The one sack he took, I thought this guy looked like he was going to have a broken leg on the play. Uh, I was fortunate enough it didn't wind up in an injury, but they've got some improvements to do. Davis Mills comes in, did a decent job, uh, let a drive down for a touchdown. But this this team's still a long way away from being competitive when you look at the AFC South. Again, Patrick, not a lot to go on, still being the preseason, but we'll see where this team goes uh, week to week in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with your assessment. I thought Stroud struggled them all, but you know, 60% of the time he was under duress when he dropped back just what four times for 13 yards. The pick was bad. He was staring down the receiver. It was easy for the defender to jump the route. Uh, And then here comes Davis mills. Now, when you take a look at these numbers, Amal and Dustin It's nine for 12, 99 yards with a touchdown. But again, he's against rookies, second and third stringers for Davis mills, who has obviously many starts in the NFL. It did appear to me that Stroud was separating himself in the competition as Ryan's had Stroud with the first teamers in practice and obviously starting the preseason game, no surprise there, but let's kind of look ahead. Even if Stroud continues to struggle throughout the preseason, I mean, there are zero expectations for this Texans team. It's kind of one of those springboards for D'Amico Ryan's never done it before Uh, CJ Stroud. I want the experience. There's two lines of thinking when it comes to a rookie quarterback, let him sit, learn on the job that way, and then give him an opportunity later in the season or just straight from the start. I'm all, I'm in the ladder camp, give them experience on a bad team with no expectations. It's a perfect spot. Completely agree with you. I think the opportunity to get out there and see what the situations against a team like new England, who can present a lot of different challenges for you defensively, not expecting that much of a, you know, kind of disguised defenses and other things, or maybe some gimmicky defenses in the preseason. However, you're right. If you have the opportunity to get out there and just kind of assess the situation while playing, get a feel for the game speed, even though it's still preseason, you understand the difference between college and the NFL. The one thing is there are guys historically, I don't know where you guys come out on players like Tim Couch and David Carr are two names that jump out to me. Guys that were high, first overall picks, but wound up in bad situations. I don't really believe that they were terrible quarterbacks. I think they were just on terrible teams. And sometimes we put too much credit or too much uh, blame on the quarterback. And in Houston, if they don't start to develop, again, it's hard to gauge. You mentioned it, 60% of the O-line being out. But let's see who steps up on the perimeter as well. well I think what you're saying, actually, there's some symmetry here. You know, many thought Carr was going to be a good quarterback thrust into an opportunity with the Texans with a porous offensive line and got hit more than any quarterback in history. So you kind of run that risk with an offensive line that isn't great with CJ Stroud, a little bit more mobile, obviously, than Carr was. 
Uh, but there are decisions to be made. Dustin, any takeaways before we move on Texans Patriots? You know, the thing about C.J. Stroud struggling, the, the hardest thing for a guy like him from a major program that has four and five-star recruits everywhere is that's the first time he's been on a football field where his teammates didn't have a significant talent advantage over whoever they were facing. For the last few years, every time C.J. Stroud took a snap on a football field, he had better players than the other team. So it was probably a little bit hard for him to like come up to speed with every everyone else on the field with him. My favorite part of last night's game, there was Malik Cunningham getting in for new England. He was running around. He was making plays. He scored a touchdown. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to have an impact in the NFL. I would love to see bill Belichick who is using him in wide receiver spots during camp, using both quarterback receiver and just get the ball in his hands. Cause I thought he was one of the most fun guys when he was at Louisville. Wait, hold on. Hold on. My favorite part of Malik Cunningham was waking up this morning. I wasn't on social last night, woke up this morning, popped on Twitter. And I saw a lot of people that saw Malik Cunningham play quarterback for the first time in the history of his <laughs> life, because the amount of people telling me this guy's a beast, this guy can can run. Have you not seen Malik no, Cunningham play like, the position? They never like, bet that's on what he does, dummy. That, well, they never bet on him at Louisville. They would not have that same sentiment if they did. I think he's fun. He's good for football. Oh, let, God, him, he, he, let Malik cook. He threw so many bounce passes. He should have been trying out for the basketball team. Let Malik cook is the takeaway from host, talent booker, producer, Dustin Sweetelson. All right. The Seahawks 24, 13 drew lock. You know, again, this is what now four seasons, but I, I guess you can say he showed last night why the Seahawks continue to believe that, you know, he could be a starter. He's not going to be the starter with Geno Smith there. I thought he was fine. Didn't watch all of this game. Of course, a cover 24, 13. Uh, I thought the standout for the Vikings, frankly, was Ty Chandler who took advantage of the running back. It's going to be Alexander Madison as a starter, but they're looking for that number two to solidify. Uh, not a huge Takeaway for me, either way here, I thought Locke was fine. I didn't think Locke was outstanding. The overcashes with the Seattle Seahawks covering the three and a half here. Yeah, the Seattle team, look, they got off to a good start. You know, the one thing you want to see is what can they do early on without uh, Geno Smith in lineup. They did a nice job. You mentioned Drew Locke. Uh, but for me, again, like you said, in the Houston game and in this game, not really that much to take away. And when you get into second half action, you're looking at probably 75% of players that are not going to be on an NFL roster out there competing. So sometimes it's hard to gauge in terms of success, how accurate it could be uh, when we get to Sundays. Big guy, anything here? It was um, tough watch. Even with the even with the score, I was gonna say tough watch. <laughs> Look, I, I I said this as I was walking into the studio. I'm not gonna complain about the preseason, and that's like that's the mantra here on Sharpman. We're not gonna complain about the preseason because it is football. It is exciting to have it back. Remember, trying to continue to convince ourselves to talk about Embiid or Jokic <laughs> for the MVP. Okay, that is nauseating and ponderous. We get football. It looks good on the TV. I didn't have the volume up. This game was eh. anything. Uh, yeah. Drew lock looked good because at this point, like this is like a senior in high school and the freshmen are all coming in. It's their first time in the preseason. He's kind of been through it a lot. He's drew lock. He's played a lot of preseason football. He's been pretty much irrelevant. He should look better than everyone else. Yeah, he did. It was mostly second start. Like, look, O'Connell's, he came from the McVeigh tree. McVeigh likes the preseason less than uh, Amal Shaw likes caffeine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, there is nothing more. Like, he doesn't even participate. So, mostly 
I would assume his tree is going to do the same thing. However, as I say that, we've got a court, we've got a coach in Green Bay and Lafleur, who obviously is on a different path right now because he's got a quarterback um, that's taken what 157 snaps. He's going to be his starter in Jordan Love. We're going to get to Love as Green Bay and Cincinnati are on the table today. One of the six preseason games tonight. What we'll do in the second segment here, when we come back, we'll kind of set you up with who's going to play and who's not going to play. And we'll start at the quarterback position for all six games tonight. I do want to just take a quick second to mention Amal Shaw. This is a bit of a holiday for those of us that like football, AKA soccer as man city is up one nil over Burnley English premier league has kicked off their new season. And I, for one, my friend couldn't be more excited. You and me both uh, can't wait. Looking forward to it and should be another great season. Unfortunately, probably going to be dominated by Manchester city again in the premier league. Yep. And they're already uh, off to a hot start at Burnley one nil in the ninth minute. Let's go. That was two ninety seven to win a dollar. If you were interested in man city and not laying a goal and a half, I was not, I wish I was okay. That's a quick start to the show. Like I mentioned, plenty to do. We've got our four college teams, Arizona state, Purdue, Louisville and Mississippi state on tap. We've got Samich. We've got plenty to do coming back six preseason games tonight in the NFL. We'll let you know who's playing and who's not sharp money on a Friday. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for, or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on 
VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, you want to get in on the fantasy action, but sick of managing your roster? I know I am. Sick of player injuries entering, ending your season? Well, with Best Ball on DraftKings, you can get the best of your team all season long. This year, Best Ball on DraftKings is bigger than ever, with $10 million in guaranteed cash prizes up for grabs. For a limited time, you can join DraftKings' largest best ball contest ever and get your first entry back in DraftKings dollars as soon as the draft is finished. Act now before this great offer expires to play and to start with best ball download the DraftKings app use the code sharp enter DraftKings best ball millionaire contest and snake draft your team for a season each week you'll automatically rack up points from all your top scores no ads no drops no I should have played him instead team with the most points by the end of the season will have a shot to take home the one million dollar in top prizes so what are you waiting for head to DraftKings and the app and sign up using the code sharp and start playing best ball today. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. One per customer opt-in required. $10 entry fee. Bonus issued as $10 DK dollars. And, of course, age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com slash promotion for details. I'm Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. Hope you had a nice week. It is Friday. You made it. I'm Patrick Maher, as I said, live from Los Angeles. This is Sharp Money as we get you going a fun three hours ahead. We do have our buddy Samich stopping by. Also, Chip Patterson coming up in just about 14 minutes to talk college football. Uh, we've got six preseason games tonight, so we should start diving in. JT O'Sullivan, Buck Bailu is going to join as well. So plenty to do. Uh, but I mentioned the six preseason games. Loading up my odds as we speak. The computer just kind of froze here. Okay, why don't we start here, Amal and Dustin, with the Giants in Detroit. Uh, the Giants, no surprise, laying two and a half. I got DraftKings showing one and a half, which is interesting. Most shops showing two and a half, 34 and a half on the total at Detroit. Couple of things here. Take a look at the first half line. I saw one to one and a half. I do like the Giants in the first half because it's very simple. They're going to play their starters. Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor are going to get the first half. My assumption is, Amal, you're going to see mostly Tyrod Taylor and then Tony DeVito in the second half of the Giants. Conversely, not going to see Jared Goff. It's going to be Nate Sudfeld in the first and probably mostly Adrian Martinez for the Lions in the second. Yeah, you mentioned Lions have five quarterbacks in camp. Jared Goff obviously not going to play the incumbent there. He'll be the starter. Teddy Bridgewater just signed on Thursday. And then, of course, you have Hendon Hooker, who's on the non-football injury list with the torn ACL at the end of his career at Tennessee. So you referenced it. Nate Sudfeld, who's got some experience, and then Adrian Martinez, hoping to put some good tape together, maybe potentially catch on as a third quarterback with Detroit or somewhere else. Uh, you're absolutely right. I think the Lions in the first half are probably a more prudent play. You mentioned in the second half, Tommy DeVito getting the start. If that name sounds familiar, he played at uh, Syracuse. Wasn't overly effective with the Orange. Uh, I think it would be probably a more prudent play if you're looking at it to go New York first half. Tommy DeVito also sounds familiar because he was a member of the Four Seasons. <laughs> he was also a part of Tony's squad in the Sopranos. Uh, Tony DeVito, second half. Let me just get the number. Yeah, the Giants are one. I, I I will lay the point in the first half with your Giants tonight, Dustin. Anything on this one before we get to Pitt and Tampa Bay? I actually really like that bet. And, you know, normally I don't like ideas that aren't my own. So I'm giving you a lot of credit here because I, wa I want to bet the Giants. Here's the issue, right? Uh, I think the Giants have a ton of wide receiver depth, by the way. And then you get Tyrod Taylor in the mix. I like that compared to what the Lions had with Teddy Bridgewater, still learning the systems there. The issue I have is that Dan Campbell is so much more of a hardo than Brian Dayball. 
meaning Dan Campbell probably wants to win this game. He probably thinks it matters in some world. So that's why I couldn't bet the full game on the Giants. But I think the first half makes a lot of sense because they have a ton of wide receivers that make plays. And as long as Tyra in the game, he'll find a way to get them the ball. All right. On to Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. Set you up on the number here down in Tampa. Pittsburgh's lane three, total 39 and a half. I got a shop showing 40. Uh, Pickett's going to play. Trubisky's going to play. Mason Rudolph's going to play. Tanner Morgan's going to play. All pretty good quarterbacks. Well, I guess scale wise, (laughs) I'm just, I'm being kind. Uh, Conversely, Tampa Bay, uh, it's weird right now as far as who's going to be the starter come week one, but you know, you're going to see Baker. You know, you're going to see Kyle Trask. John Wolford's going to get some time as well. The Steelers here, I'm all lane three. Yeah, you mentioned it uh, with Pickett. I would expect to see maybe a series two max Mitchell Trubisky, similar situation. And then I think in the back end, you're going to see, I don't know if you'll see a ton of Mason Rudolph because the Steelers know what they have with him. I think Tanner Morgan's the guy that gets a majority of the snaps in the second half. So just something to pay attention to uh, if you're looking at betting this game. Kyle Trask to me is going to be interesting. I think he's going to get some good opportunities in the first half because I don't know where you guys come out, but I feel like Baker will probably wind up being the starter there. And you mentioned John Wolford, another guy who's just, he's a backup. I don't think there's a ton you need to see from him. You know what he is. And if you're going to keep three quarterbacks or two quarterbacks, it feels like they're pretty much uh, in line with what they're going to have for their regular season roster, at least Tampa on at the outset in terms of where their quarterback depth is. Yeah, one one thing we do know is Tampa Bay doesn't have the quarterback of the future. I, I'm sorry, anybody that thinks Kyle Trask is the quarterback of the Bucks for the future is on something. He was a nice little quarterback in college for a pocket. He ain't the answer. And Baker Mayfield's terrible. John Wolford is a guy. Anything, Dustin? Before we move on, quick. Do you believe we're still doing the Mason Mason Rudolph experience in the NFL? Like- I, I prefer Mason. <laughs> <laughs> I think he should go by. I think he should go by Mason. <laughs> Yo, Mason. You know that there's some guy posted up at a sports bar in Pittsburgh every day telling people that he thinks Mason Rudolph could be a starter in the NFL. Yeah, his name's Dustin Sweetelson. He just called him Mason. <laughs> anyway, Green Bay at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not going to play anybody. That's what he does. That's what Zach Taylor does in preseason game one in his career. He sits everybody. So the Packers are laying four at the Bengals. Jordan Love, I mentioned he has 157 regular season snaps in his career. He's going to be the starter. A lot of people, including Emery Hunt, who we had on the show yesterday, Mall, jockeying Jordan Love. Good luck with that. He will play, um, you know, his third year, a couple of series. And then the Bengals, uh, I mentioned Taylor sits, everybody, Trevor Simeon. And then I think it's Jake Browning behind him. So there you have it. He's going to play a lot of backups and rookies for the Bengals. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned Jake Browning, the former Washington standout. He'll have an opportunity. I think Drew Plitt also competing for the third spot there on that roster. Both those guys should get a ton of run because again, Brandon Allen, you know what you have as a backup. I love teams that are in this situation in the preseason. Joe Burrow is a league MVP type of player every year. You've got Brandon Allen, who is a decent backup quarterback. And then we mentioned the two other guys competing for that third spot. And those are the guys you expect to see in a preseason game. When your goal is the Super Bowl to win it all and you're a team like Cincinnati, the goal is to get out of a preseason game with no injuries. That's it. There's no, you're not worried about wins and losses. You're just coming here, just showing up because you're required to be here. Play guys that are probably not going to be on your roster come the 53-man cutdown. I, I don't, all I want is a reaction from the two of you. Okay, I'm going to ask a question. Snap call. Give me an answer. Will Jordan, yes or no, will Jordan Love be special? No. 
No. <laughs> Don't play that game, big guy. I'm all past. You failed. Waiting for somebody else to answer so you can come off it. I'm done with you. Atlanta, Miami, Desmond Ritter, or as my old teammate used to call him, Ryder. All right. Taylor Heineke. Heineke Hive is going to be out in Miami. The big guy knows it. Logan Woodside as well. Uh, they're all going to play. So the Falcons are going to play. Um, they're laying a point and a half. The Dolphins, you're going to get Mike White. Who I see, I'm always wrong, but hand to God, I kind of thought Mike White was going to be cool. I thought he was going to be good last year. He wasn't. No Tua, Skylar Thompson in the second half. What do you got here? Well, you know, Mike White, the one thing I would point out that I don't like about his lack of arm strength, but he's pretty accurate. This is a guy that tore it up when he was at Western Kentucky, played decent in situations for the Jets. I think this is an intriguing backup for the QB, second QB spot in Miami right now. We all know two is the incumbent, but remember in Miami, it's more important than maybe other places simply because Tua has been prone to injuries. And so who you have backing him up could be pretty uh, valuable when you look at the rest of the season for the Dolphins. Dustin, what week... Will T- Taylor Heineke be starting for the Falcons? Uh, Not if. When. When's their bye? That's the question. Coming off the bye, they'll turn things over to Heineke because Desmond Ritter and Jordan Love, I was trying to find a third quarterback to compare and make you guys do F, Mary kill, but I couldn't find a third. Maybe Sam Howell. Sam Howell, Jordan Love, Desmond Ritter. By the way, week 12, you think they're going to wait that long? Oh, that's got to be early. Week 11 is the bye no. and week 12 is the next yeah. game. Uh, let's see. Probably after he loses to Houston in week five, I was looking at that same thing <laughs> <laughs> and that's a home game in Atlanta. I do. You, someone's got to explain it to me. Desmond Ritter, Jordan love actually playing football. What do you see in the NFL that makes you think that those teams are going to the postseason because everything else might look good. You still have those two throwing the football. I, I think Desmond Ritter, the only positive thing to say about him is since the Super Bowl era, he's the only rookie quarterback to start four games or more and not throw a pick in his first four games. There you go. All right. Two more quickly, less than a minute. Sam Howell and J- Jacoby Brissett are going to play for Washington. Uh, Washington is catching three at Cleveland. The debut of Deshaun Watson, DTR, Kellen Mond, but Watson will play them all. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're pretty much kind of aligned in what we saw already in the expectations. Uh, Kellen Mond's going to get cut in about a week. And in terms of the Washington football team, you want to see Jake Fromm because you know Brissett's a backup and Sam Howell is going to probably play two series. Russell Wilson is going to play tonight. Denver at Arizona. The first string Peyton said are going to get 15 to 18 snaps. That's considerable. On the other side, it's Colt McCoy, Clayton Toon, and David Blau. Wow. We're back talking college football with Chip Patterson. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN. The Sports Betting Network. Okay, football is ready to kick off, and VSIN has everything you need to make this a successful season. Our college football bet, I was actually just looking at the college football betting guide. I was looking at the home field advantage, the mitigation. You should check out that article. It's great. Earlier today, all 133 FBS team previews. Also, our NFL betting guide in depth profiles on every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19. Get our college and NFL betting guides. You get the picks as well. Sign up at vcin.com slash subscribe. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. Sharp Money on a Friday. We're going to bring in, this guy does a great job talking about the sport, college football, CBS Sports, college football writer. Also cover three with Tom Fornelli, Bud Elliott, and Danny Cannell. He is Chip Patterson, and he joins us now. 
I want to ask about Canell's Florida State team. Hi, Chip. Thanks for joining us. I want to ask about Canell's Florida State team, but before we do, I've worked a lot with Danny in the past. How do you handle his ADD? Because he has major ADD. So when you're doing, you're laughing because you know I'm right. When you're doing a broadcast yeah, with them, you gotta, you kind of got to reel him back in. You know what I'm saying? Well, the great. So when we made the move to YouTube, and of course you can watch our Cover Three episodes live, YouTube.com/slash Cover Three, 11 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. But it it kind of forced him at least to, to check back in. Like before, when we weren't on camera the whole time, you really risked losing it. You know, now at least the camera's on. There's at least the accountability of, you know, hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of live audience members that if, if you zone out too much, uh, they'll call you out on it. So I would say the, the accountability of the live audience interacting with us throughout our shows now uh, has, has really gotten him to tighten up. Okay, let's talk about Canelo's Florida State team here. You wrote about this at CBS. You said Florida State and Clemson are taking different roster building approaches this season. What do you mean by that? The I mean, Dabo Sweeney has not utilized the transfer portal uh, anywhere near as much or as effectively as his peers. And Dabo Sweeney's peers are those programs that are competing for conference championships college football playoff first and maybe even the national title. Uh, I understand that, you know, Kirby smart bragged about how a year ago he didn't take anybody out of the portal, but uh, he sure did this year going out and getting Dominic Lovett from Missouri, you know, going out and getting Ra Ra Thomas from Mississippi state, identifying a need at wide receiver and getting in some transfer portal additions. Well, look like this Clemson football program has had needs. There have been players, whether it be an edge rusher or wide receiver that might have been able to benefit uh, Clemson's ability to win instantaneously. But Davo Sweeney remains really committed to the idea of player development. He's trusting his evaluation coming out of high school, and he wants to uh, continue to build it up from the inside rather than reach for additions from the outside. Last two years, the only transfer portal additions have been glorified grad assistants, you know, bringing in Hunter Johnson and uh, Bear Bryant's great-grandson. You know, on the other hand, Florida State has had one of the top transfer portal classes not just in the ACC, but in the country for each of the last three cycles. I mean, when you look at their all-conference uh, players from last year, 15 of them, 10 of them were transfers. You know, so many of the stars. I mean, Jordan Travis has been there for a while, but he was a transfer. Trey Benson, obviously a transfer. Johnny Wilson, a transfer. Jared Burse, a transfer. I mean, these are players that are you know, potentially going to be in the NFL and certainly going to be a part of Florida State's run at an ACC title. So the, the way that I came up with the story in my head, and uh, I appreciate you plugging it there, but it's portal heavy versus portal averse, you know, two different ways to, to build a team. And I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and spoil the end of it. My theory is you really need to be able to do both. You need to be able to recruit uh, at an elite level out of high school, which Florida State has well, obviously 24 classes going well. Well, the last couple of cycles, Mike Norvell has recorded has recruited at a good, not great level out of high school. But then you also need to be able to hit the transfer portal when you have needs and get some of the best players available. So Florida State and Clemson uh, built differently, competing for the ACC championship. I would say that both of those rosters and both of those programs uh, still a step away from the very, very top of the sport.
Great breakdown of both those teams. Chip, we're going to talk about Louisville a little bit later on today. You had an article talking about how Jeff Brown's already paid dividends in terms of return on investment for the Cardinals. Just expand on that a little bit and then what you think Louisville is going to be under his tenure. Um, it's so fascinating that he's been able to you know, step into the job that so many have wanted him for for so long without too much friction, right? A little, little nice the way that it worked out in terms of Scott Satterfield reading the room, things aren't great, stepping aside. But, you know, the program and the team that Jeff Brom took over was a bowl team last year. I mean, the, the bones of this team are, are still pretty good, but he goes out and he brings in more than two dozen transfers, some of them like quarterback Jack Plummer he's got a history with. And I think that, you know, we've just got a position where Jeff Brom understands the importance of win now. And he understands the importance of win now not only in general because in college football you don't have much time anymore, but he's got a favorable schedule. There are only three true road games on the schedule and the two neutral site games against Georgia Tech in Atlanta in the Falcons Stadium and against Indiana in Indianapolis. These Louisville fans that are buzzing with energy that their native son is home, they'll go to that. And they will like voice loud support for the Cardinals they're going to have a high-flying offense. Uh, I think that that's going to be really good for Jamari Thrash and uh, the rest of that wide receiving core. It, it's, it's really a question of whether they can take advantage of the opportunity because, you know, the, the win total for Louisville this year, I'm sure, as y'all, as y'all have talked about, whether it's eight or eight and a half, that suggests that you're going to be one of the top four teams in the ACC. But I don't know if this, this team – is right up there at like eight, eight and a half, or whether the schedule is what gets you to eight, eight and a half. There's still a lot of question marks, and it's fascinating that Jeff Brom, knowing that he is the native son, is really taking on a lot of the pressure and admitting that it's like, hey, look, we need to do this. We need to stack wins. We need to keep the momentum going with the local community, with the recruiting, with the NIL operation. Like, we've got to go get this. I'm a believer, and I think it'll work. But after you know, hearing Jeff Brom and being around them at ACC football kickoff, you know, I came out of that being like, wow, this, you know, they acknowledge the opportunity that's ahead of them. Now it's on the team to go out next your home state of North Carolina, Chip Patterson joins us, CBS Sports. Let me ask you about North Carolina because we discussed this team yesterday. I'm confounded. I don't know which way to go. Season win total set at eight. Obviously, Drake may run with it. Where are you on North Carolina? When you have one of the best quarterbacks in the entire country, um, it, that is going to end up being the difference maker and be able to mask a lot of uh, other things that aren't going well. You know, this is a, probably a, a seven and five, maybe eight and four football team if really not even much changes from last season. But the offensive line, you know, isn't a liability. If the running back rotation shores up so Drake Mays not your leading rusher, which, by the way, is not a good thing, and as they've got a new offensive coordinator in Chip Lindsey, I don't expect they're going to let that be a thing. And then, you know, we've got a, a big NCAA ruling. I would say this, like, wait until you know whether or not Tez Walker is going to be able to play because Tez Walker, the transfer from Kent State, has only played college football at one school, Kent State. But because he has transferred – a couple of times, but never played, that he just found himself uh, with a denied waiver uh, just this week. He was expected to be the number one wide receiver. They have not changed a lot about the passing game. That means that he was going to be stepping into those Josh Downs, Antoine Green kind of roles. 
him and Nate McCollum from Georgia Tech. The loss of Tez Walker is a significant one. If you were changing your number last year when Josh Downs was in and out of the lineup because of injury, I'd be changing my power rating based on Tez Walker. Not a lot, but it's going to be a significant loss if they can't have him. If they do have him, they're going to be able to outscore almost every opponent on the schedule. The problem is the schedule is really brutal, and those last two games at Clemson, at NC State, I just for a team that started nine and one and just could not finish, losing one score game after one score game in a four game losing streak to close the year, I just don't trust trust that team to be able to be playing at its peak at the end of the year with at Clemson, at NC State, and back to back. You know, I think there were eight and a half floating around out there earlier in the offseason. I was on an under at eight. Maybe I'd still go under, but ultimately I read this schedule as being eight and four. Chip Patterson, great job, man. Appreciate it. CBS Sports, we mentioned, check out the, not just the podcast, but YouTube as well. Cover three, Tom Fornelli, Bud Elliott, Danny Cannell, and the aforementioned Chip Patterson. Thank you, Chip. Appreciate you. All right, sounds good. Y'all be well. Thank you. Okay. At Chip underscore Patterson on Twitter. So we talked about a team that we had been planned discussing, and that is first-year head coaches. Brom has experience. The native son, the prodigal son, returns to Louisville. So why don't we discuss him coming back, Amal? And then Arizona State. You know that kid that's coaching Arizona State? I call him a kid. He's 33, and he's not a name. He's been around. He's been an assistant at many programs, a great recruiter. We'll get into Arizona State. Purdue also has a young 37-year-old head coach. Mississippi State also has a young 37-year-old head coach. So those are the four we're discussing with our little theme today. Sharp Money. It is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. As Amal said, just two weeks away, it's football season, and betters know that this is when the money is made, and nobody knows football like VSIN. And now's the time to become a VSIN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and NFL guides. Only VSIN subscribers. Get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats, power ratings. We help you come up with your own power ratings as well with the college football guy. Just as an aside, you can sign up for $199. You'll receive both the uh, VSIN guide for the NFL and college and picks and tools and splits and everything through the Super Bowl. Or you can join for $19 for your first month. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. I laughed in the middle of the read. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher, Sharp Money. Got plenty to do. We're busy with guests, so let's take a breath and have a fun 15 minutes between the three of us here. We're talking about those four programs with new head coaches this year. But I laugh because, Dustin, we all love college football so much, but when Amal said just two weeks, I thought about like when Dustin got his first apartment in Vegas, I think his first objective was getting as many TVs in the main room as possible. Like he's legitimately entering college, not entering year 40 on the the planet. The quote from you was 34 with TVs on the floor. (laughs) He was, he had them all lined up, but I do wonder what's the setup like for you this year. I, I'm going to cheat a little bit, just the main TV on the wall. But I think most of us at this point have an iPad. I have YouTube TV. You should get YouTube TV because if you get YouTube TV, we're the number one sports station there as far as betting on YouTube TV. VEASAN is and YouTube TV is so user friendly. So I've got the iPads that I just use those and you can carry them around the apartment. It's just makes it so much easier than actually installing a big TV boys. So I, so you can, you guys can help me figure this out. I want to get, I have one like 50 inch TV and I want to hang three 43 inchers above it. Do we think 43 inch TVs are big enough <sighs> for me? Yes, the si- fine. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Your emotion of the ocean guy, the size doesn't matter. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm just saying, listen, you gotta be able to see the game. Look, if you're not betting on the games, it doesn't matter to me. But other than that, I, I think as long as you've got multiple TVs, you can see. So you watch well, the live action. And by the way, Patrick, I started a free trial for YouTube TV this week. We it's are calling lit. the cable company this afternoon and letting them know that they are no longer needed. I am all in on YouTube TV. Okay. Well, make sure when you get the setup set, we can bring a picture in and show everybody what's doing here on sharp money. And any single ladies setup. can come see it in person. Well, if a single lady comes over, she'll be fine. Cause that is contraception. You know what I mean? <laughs> TVs all over the place. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Like seriously, get the, over the irony. I have no artwork. I have nothing on my walls, no pictures, no family members, but I'm going to have three TVs. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have your family members on the wall, but you will have Jack Plummer on the wall. And he is the quarterback of Louisville fellas. I- I'm going to go the opposite way of chip Patterson, who we just had on. He seemed bullish. 
bullish on Brom and Louisville. There's a lot of expectations, Amal Shaw. The win total set at eight. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. I was shocked to see eight. I went through it. I got six wins. It's not a tough schedule. Very conducive for a first-year head coach. I got you there. They won eight games with Mar- with uh, with Satterfield last year. You don't like the coach. I get it. Brom is awesome. He's going to do a great job. But let's just start here. It's an uphill battle. New scheme, new system, new coordinators, and just the logistics of implementing all that with total turnover on the roster. I mean, they went at the portal hard. He brought over his quarterback from Purdue, a lot of players from Purdue as well. Again, there's some continuity there, but I don't have this team getting to nine. If you want to go over to eight, a push on eight to me would be a gift. And I've got them going under this year. I tend to agree with you, even though the schedule on paper doesn't look as difficult when you see some of the team names, I don't think they're guaranteed wins at all. Uh, You're absolutely right. You look at this team, you mentioned Jack Plummer. He played at Cal, played at Purdue, so he's obviously familiar with Brahms' system. That should help him out immensely. He's brought a bunch of coaches over that were with him at Purdue. Uh, Brian Brahms is going to be the offensive coordinator here. That's his brother. Mark Hagan and Ron English, former code, I mean, are currently co defensive coordinators who were previously with him at Purdue. Patrick, you probably know the name Ron English. He was the head coach at Eastern Michigan for five mm-hmm. years uh, about a decade ago. This team, look, they've got 26 new guys coming in through the portal. That's a big number. Uh, you're talking about a third of a roster turnover, a little bit less than that. But I, I just don't see it with this team. When you look at the schedule very quickly, guys, they'll get out to a fast start. Georgia Tech, uh, they play a Friday night game in the Mercedes-Benz Dome there. Murray State. Look, the Racers are an in-state program. It may not be as simple as it sounds on paper, but Louisville should win that one, IU. But then this is where it starts to get a little tricky to me. Boston College, this is a big year for Jeff Halfley up at Chestnut Hill, so they've got to have a bounce back. NC State, they do have uh, Brennan Brennan Armstrong, the Virginia transfer at quarterback. I don't know if they're going to be able to win down in Raleigh. Then you've got Notre Dame. They're not beating them, in my opinion. At Pittsburgh, Narduzzi's teams are good defensively. Patrick, right there for me, that's back-to-back-to-back losses, and we don't even get to the back end yet with Miami and Kentucky. I just don't see the eight wins, and getting to nine to cover the bet – Holy cow, you gotta be a most you gotta be the most optimistic person. I totally agree. I got non-com, I got Indiana, Kentucky, Notre Dame. I'm sorry, those aren't three. I Indiana and Kentucky, that's not a walkover. I understand they get Kentucky late at home to finish up the season, but you mentioned Notre Dame. They don't play Clemson, big guy. They don't have Florida State, North Carolina Wake, so there are some let-ups in the schedule. Uh, the defense, Louisville uh, was first in the nation in sacks last year. They lost their top three linebackers. The secondary is loaded, but it's all from the transfer portal, so there's going to take a little bit of time to get used to that. Um, I think the offensive line is a big boost because it's a bunch of vets that should be solid. First year head coach is going to love that. But we start with the quarterback. The three of us don't love the quarterback. He's been at three different universities. Jack Plummer. He's just basic. Yeah, I feel bad for like how like effusive all three of us are in Jack Plummer and how we just I just don't think he's special. He's a guy. He's a jag. He's just a guy. He he won't win you games. He won't lose you games. He might have a moment or two where you're like, oh, he's a little bit better than I thought when he's aggressive, like once every a thousand throws. He's just not a special player. And the thing is, there's a lot of transfers coming in. And if there was something special at quarterback, maybe I could be convinced some new talent, some new blood reigniting this team and this program. 
But with Jack Plummer as the guy you're leading, leaning on, you got to hope that the UNLV transfer Harrison Bailey or Purdue quarterback Brady Allen, one of them somehow do something special in camp to steal the job because Jack Plummer ain't it. Well, what's interesting is this is a guy that played for Purdue for three years, transfers to California last year, and now is reunited with Brom at Louisville. I mean, he wasn't going to be the guy last year. All of a sudden, now it's going to be a different situation. Allen, to me, is right now, uh, based on what they have on the roster, the long-term answer, Patrick. But again, I still think this team, as you mentioned it, losing a ton defensively, a lot of question marks surrounding them. And you mentioned they got great pressure on the quarterback, but the back end of that defense was not particularly good. I just don't see a ton of improvement here from this team. Guys, this is a hard under eight here for me. Yeah. Eight. I was shocked when I saw the number. I, and I actually think for Brom, when you think of Jeff Brom, you think of offense. Yeah. I actually think this is going to be one of the lower scoring teams because they do have Jawar Jordan back. He's a good running back. They've got good depth at run at the running back position. They've got a really good offensive line. We talked about, we're not high on Jack Plummer. Uh, and it's a good defense. It should be a good defense. I, I, you mentioned the problems with the back end last year. They went hard on the portal. So again, you would assume defensively they may pick up the linebacker misses three of them, whether they transferred or they're gone. That's not good for Louisville. It's just look, taking over a new program with a lot of pressure. Uh, you're absolutely. We've sorry. talked about it. Like they're not just the, the Brom family is not just a big deal in Louisville. They, they could run for mayor. They could do whatever they want. They're the biggest deal in Louisville from their dad and the two and the brothers. Hey, no, you're absolutely right. A lot of legacy coming in, stepping in. I think there'll be a lot of excitement around the program, but can they sustain it? Can they rise to that challenge? You mentioned Storm Duck coming in from North Carolina. Great name. The problem with Storm Duck was you were always seeing the back of his jersey when he played at Carolina chasing defend, uh, the receivers down with the ball. They were always getting burned. And it's a similar situation here. We'll see if they can improve on that. One negative I'm going to point out with Brom, when they got Rondell Moore, which is a big coup getting him to come to Purdue, I thought they would have made better utilization of him with his creativity and other things. I didn't think Rondell Moore had the type of career he could have had had he gone somewhere else. And to me, that has kind of always stuck out from Brom to uh, in negative about Brom from my perspective. And I think it was, we talked to him one time, big guy. He was great. He was super it was coming off the Ohio state win. Yeah, it might've been, was it 18? All I know is there were expectations. I think it was 19. The expectations were sky high and they finished four and eight. So again, and I, and I can almost guarantee you that was the year where Purdue had high expectations. You mentioned more and some other players. He did a good job recruiting there, uh, but they failed to meet the expectations and then nine and four and 21, a very good year, eight and five last year, they appeared and got blown out in the big 10 championship game. And they got blown out in the bowl game. I don't know. I eight is a crazy number. I swear to you. I expected six and a half or seven. When I looked at Louisville, that's, that's what I expected. I saw eights, one ten up and down. So it's not going anywhere. So a little surprising to me, the three of us in agreement on Louisville. When we return JT O'Sullivan, former NFL quarterback, we're going to talk some preseason football next. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.